Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. And a very good Saturday morning to you out there in Radio Land as you join up with our Drive Time Radio Network on this beautiful Saturday morning. It is gorgeous out there. It was outside actually to uh, view the sun coming up and it's it's really oh man it was just spectacular i mean it's one of those days where you get up and you're like glad to be alive uh yeah well i'm glad to be alive every day really to be honest with you no matter what the day but there's some days that you're gladder than other days right i mean there's some days that you get up and pop, pop, and this is one of them because uh i guess the biggest reason and the one that we're going to talk about first this morning by the way uh, in, in just a little while, I'd say probably about 20 minutes, we're going to have uh, my friend on uh, from the Snohomish County PUD, Aaron Sweeney is going to join us, and they are doing an electric car fair up at their headquarters this morning in Everett. If you are a um, person who is interested in electric cars, you're going to want to go up there because they're going to have the uh, Snohomish County Electric Car Club up there with several types of electric cars. I will be there with the Genesis GV60, and I just gave away Yo Vinny, but that's okay. Which is um, the luxury version of uh, Kia's EV6 and... Um, uh, the Ionique 5 uh, from Hyundai, but what a car, man. Uh, I, I mean, really, when you when you come down to, you know, the great thing about electrics is it's given the designers a, uh, a pretty interesting open palette because you don't have to design around an engine. You don't have to design around the transmission. You have to design around a rear end. You only have to design around two electric motors. It's not bad, right? Uh, so anyway, we will uh, jump into that. Well, our, our hearts go out to the people in Florida. I mean, I've said it several times. Florida's not my favorite place. But to look at the destruction, to look at what happened uh, across the central part of Florida. I have friends that live there. Um, I even think I have a couple of family people that live there. Um, although I don't know, well, you know, it's funny. My grandfather—I think I've told the story before. My grandfather moved to Florida in like 1949 or something like that. Opened up a fruit stand and grew oranges, had orange groves and stuff like that. And um, on the East Coast, as a matter of fact, he used to be able to go to his property and watch the rockets go up from Cape Canaveral. You could stand on his in the parking lot in front of his place and look across the Indian River and you'd see the uh, you'd see the rockets when they launched them. Anyway, uh, just our hearts go out to the people there. I, 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 I mean, I couldn't imagine. I, I, I couldn't imagine what people will, would do. What I would do if something like that, that kind of devastation, God forbid, happened to me or anybody in my family. And uh, there are several charities. Please beware of the phony charities. Give to the established charities because you're going to be getting the calls. I'm going to be getting the calls. We're all going to be getting the calls from people who are asking you to donate money. Go to a credible um, charity and make sure that that's where you put your money so it gets to those people that are in dire need down there they got nothing they're walking up and down the street picking up photographs <coughs> excuse me so you know if you can if, if if you can dig in and throw a little in if you got a lot of spare time on your hands why not get in a, you know fly down there and help them they need a lot of people. And you got to love the Cajun Navy. You absolutely have to love the Cajun Navy that goes in there with their airboats and all their boats and their trucks and everything else and goes in and rescues people. 
all on a volunteer basis. All just neighbors helping neighbors. When we look at all the bad stuff in America, and we want to point fingers at how bad things are, and how this country is falling apart, look at those people. Be like those people. Run to the heroes. It's, it's a beauty, it, it warms my heart to see somebody reach out their hands selflessly uh, to, uh, to help other people. And we'll, in the future, we'll talk about cars down there um, because this, it, that's a whole different story, and I don't want to get into it because I'll be fakakta trying to figure out, but sorry, I'm a little... <clears throat> A little yelling last night at the TV. Um, I wonder why. Uh, So, but that's something we'll talk about. Although I do have to just, you know, I used to do a thing called Geek of the Week on my show. I got it from this fabulous sports babe who was around here for years. And I don't do it all the time because it's, it's really pointing out the worst of us. But I gotta tell you something. The guy, the brainiac, the person who left his, was tailgating in the parking lot of uh, Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, a couple of weeks ago this was now, uh, was campaign, uh, was uh, campaigning, listen to me, was <clears throat> having a tailgate party and said, you know, it's time to go in this stadium. I think I'll take my barbecue and stick it under my car, and then it'll be nice and hot when I come out. Well, you know what happened, right? I mean, the barbecue caught the car on fire, uh, exploded the gas tank, and caught 11 other cars on fire in the parking lot. Friends, it's a simple equation. Do not put, this is now a public service announcement. Do not place your hot barbecue under your car, especially if you're driving an electric car. (laughs) But even with a gas, you know, I, I mean, there are flammable materials in your car. That's what makes it go. It's called energy. And when the energy of the fire meets the energy of the flammable material, whether it be battery or petroleum, it creates a fireworks show, the likes of which many people never really get to see, except on the 7 o'clock news. So a word to the wise there. Don't be like that idiot who was smart enough to stick his... uh, Here's barbecue under there. All right, Nathan, why don't you jump jump in here because uh, we need to, to for a few minutes here to talk about the events of last night. Well, first of all, I want to talk about the weather. You said it was sunny. I'm looking outside. It's raining. I'm not sure, but it kind of looks like champagne. Is that right? Oh, is it? <laughs> is it raining ship? Well, you know... I wouldn't quite crack the champagne open yet, but I think you know what you could you could crack open some Martinelli's apple apple cider, you know, sparkling cider. How about that? Because in reality, while it is the postseason, it is an expanded postseason, and it is the you know the bottom seed. So they are going to have their work cut out for them, but. Uh, we're talking now about the Mariners. We're going to go. We're going to make a little diversion here for a couple of minutes, and talk about the Mariners because, uh, as maybe you know, maybe you don't know, if you just uh, found this show up, uh, I used to be heavily involved with the Mariners doing the post game show and so much more up until two thousand and two, and so when I left, that's when they tanked. I left. Lou left. They left their station, Cairo, and everything fell apart. But here we are 21 years later, and, wow, I can't believe it's been, it's been that long. Now, I was gone for 10 of them. I was back in Pittsburgh 
uh, another center of baseball futility. But it's not like the Mariners didn't have put the money into it or put, I mean, it's just a, a number of factors that came together to produce last night's win over the Oakland Athletics and the Mariners' first trip to the playoffs in 20 years. And the longest dry spell in American sports, I don't know if you saw the New York Times cover the other day, but there was, you know, all these teams have been to the playoffs. This one has not. I, I don't know that this is, uh, well, listen, let's, let's go with the positives. Nathan, how relieved were people you knew last night to get this, this, uh, this jinx, this monkey off of uh, their backs? That's, uh, I don't know about relieved. I think excited. I know somebody was at the game and we were just talking about like, what would you have rather had happen last night? Because they were in a situation where it's like the Orioles lose or the Mariners win and they're in. And it's like, they want the Mariners to win it. They want it to do it the Mariners way and win their way in rather than just have somebody give it to them. So it was well earned. I don't, no, if I would say relieved, I would probably have been relieved if the Orioles lost. But since that wasn't the case and the Mariners won, I was quite excited. And I was at my uh, pool league and everybody stopped playing their matches for a, mit- for a minute as the end of the game happened and Mariners won. And everybody was just jumping up and down and giving each other high fives. So I don't think relieved is really the right word in my case. Yeah. Well, and see, and, and uh, you know, this is going to be, I think, a generational thing. Uh, because you're going to have, you know, you're going to have people. It, it's funny. Uh, Ryan Rowland Smith put out a thing on Twitter yesterday uh, asking, where were you the last time the Mariners made the playoffs? And I'm looking down the Twitter feed because it's an open feed. And I'm looking down. And I'm uh, I'm looking, and I hardly see anybody who's saying, "Well, I was uh, here." You know, most of the people I'm looking at are saying, "Well, I was in high school, I was in college, I was uh, away, I didn't live here." So I think there's a large part of people who maybe didn't experience the whole thing, or maybe. Uh, are young, so young that it, you know, the, the time hasn't gone on. But for people that went through that entire 20 years as hardcore Mariner fans, it was tough. And it is tough. And I'll tell you why it's a curse. And I know I'm going to get some flack from this for some people, but so be it. We always, when the Mariners in 2001, 2002, the Mariners announced that they were going to leave Cairo and go over to Como. And at that point in time, many of us at Cairo gathered in the newsroom and said, they'll never win. They'll never win anymore. And sure enough, 20 years later, now they went back to Cairo, I don't know, what was it, five years, eight years, ten years after that. Uh, But we always called it in, in our way because we were so bitter, so horrid about losing the Mariners at Cairo. It took just a piece of identity out of us that luckily they got back. Luckily, Cairo got it back. Um, but it took such a piece out of us that it, we, were, we were just, we were so depressed. I mean, the station was never the same after that. Um... Como had struck us right in the heart. and But the Mariners tanked after that. Uh, I think it's, you know, I think you call it the curse of Lou Pinella too because uh, when Lou left, the team really just went downhill. And guys left. They didn't want to come here anymore. Uh, but yet, they went out and they spent money. They had the, the $100 million team that lost 100 games. So it wasn't that they were cheap. I had a Mariners owners are cheap. No, you want to see cheap, go to the Pirates. That's cheap. 
but they have won. They are in the playoffs. Um, there will be, I'm sure, watching parties, listening parties, parties, uh, because who the hell can afford a ticket to get in, right? I mean, $600 for a seat down in the lower level. Whoa. I don't know if anybody can afford to get... Can, I don't know. Can you afford it, uh, Nathan? <laughs> Probably, but the question is, do I really want to spend that much? Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's going to be great to be there. And it's going to be a, a ton of fun. And it's going to be crowded and nuts. But I, I, I just... I guess I have a... a Fun, uh, you know, just just a hard time. Well, just imagine if the Blue Jays are their opponent. I mean, then we're gonna have to compete with the neighbors up north with fans oh, there. Oh Lord, have mercy! <laughs> I mean, you know, I already know what it's like in a regular season game. Yeah, yeah. When the Canadians come down, it all falls apart, doesn't it? That's going to be interesting. I just realized and be, that. And, and, and they'll spend money to come down. I mean, they when they come to town, you ask any bar owner, you ask any hotel owner, you ask anybody that's in the uh, hospitality industry, when they come down, it's nuts. I mean, all along I-5 from Vancouver on down, it's uh, it's crazy. You know, cars flying, Canadian flags and everything like that. Um but I think their most likely opponent is Cleveland. Am I wrong? It depends on where they finish in the wild card. I mean, a lot of people are pushing for that number three spot because then they can play Cleveland, who they've beaten in the regular season. And right. the Rays and the Blue, especially the Blue Jays, had more struggles with. And beaten in the playoffs. Uh, you know, back in back in old school days, and uh, you know, quickly, I want to, you know, I I, I want to say something about uh, Scott Service, the manager of the team. Um, I have so enjoyed watching. I don't know. Maybe this is good. Maybe it's bad. I'm going to say it anyway. I was not a Scott Service fan for a while. I, you know, and again, I was looking at it from afar and looking at it in a very cynical eye. But I don't know if I've gotten softer or he's grown into the job as a manager. Because I, I now look at him and I see so many of the things that I think makes a good manager. Uh, strategy and and willing to adjust his game and willing to know when, when to push the right buttons with the right person at the right time. I mean, all of that stuff is stuff that isn't in the stats. You can't pick up a stat sheet and look at that because you're managing human beings. And... It seems to me, and this is one thing that most great managers that I've watched over the years have, is the ability to manage the young rookie star and keep him happy and the grizzled veteran and keep him happy at the same time. And also, in that, create an environment where people feel like they're playing a game instead of doing a job. And I think that's the one thing I see in the Mariners this year is, is the joy of baseball. This team looks like a little league team sometimes. They're so happy. And I hope that that's infectious. I hope that that's something that brings people together because that's what baseball is supposed to do. I know in recent years they've changed the structure so the rich people sit here and the not-so-rich people sit here and the somewhat-rich people sit here. Used to be that you'd go to a ball game and a ticket was, you know, four bucks, five bucks, and everybody sat together. And the guy next to you might have been the richest guy in the world, but he was sitting in the box next to you. They've kind of changed that structure now, as, as has America. But yet in times like this, when 
the team becomes uh, infectious on the city when the joy of baseball opens up and spreads its pollen all over the place. You're going to see. I, I, I will. I try every day to stay alive, so I can see the Mariners get to a World Series, and watch Seattle go nuts. Because twenty, uh, I don't know, twenty-five years ago, whatever it was, how old is Safeco Field? But it was before that, and it'll make the evening I walk into. Um, into uh, a, 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 in what is now the Starbucks headquarters, used to be a Sears store. And I was here in 1994, I was at KJR, and I walked into a room and they had a committee on what to do with the kingdom, a ballpark committee, because the Mariners were threatening to leave like every year. You never knew if the Mariners were going to be here the next year. And... I walked into that room, and I listened to the people talk in that room, and I said to myself, if I have anything to do with it, baseball is not going to leave Seattle. No matter how bad the team is, no matter how good the team is, baseball, if I can do anything about it, will not leave Seattle. And good Lord, we did it. Fans... Ken Griffey Jr., politicians, got over everything. And as the city came together, the drive for a new stadium happened. Safeco happened. The team signed a long-term agreement to stay. And the rest is history. And those are the nights that I will always remember and look at and think about. Uh, whenever I go to a Mariner game, whenever I see the Mariners, whenever I see a Mariner logo, I, I, I like to think that I had some little piece in all the work I did back in the mid-90s. Not just me. No, there was, there was I mean, our entire radio station, Mitch Levy, uh, Brian Wheeler, uh, Mike Gastineau, um, Michael Knight. Um, I'm forgetting who... Uh, but all of us that were on the air and off the air at KJR saved that saved saved the Mariners for Seattle, and I don't want people to forget that. It wasn't just me; it was a group of people and the fans. The fans. That's 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 the great thing about. For me, last night's win, uh, besides the fact that they're going back to the playoffs, like I said they would when I got back. I said, your lucky charm is back. All you got to do is just play now, and you'll get to it. All right, it's Drive Time Radio. We've talked uh, enough baseball now for, maybe I ought to have a baseball show. Maybe we ought to just turn this into a baseball show. What do you think, Nathan? <laughs> Nathan has never at a loss for uh, <laughs> for a cheap gimmick. I like it. All right, let's uh, bring in our good friend Aaron Swaney from the Snohomish County Public Utilities District. He is going to join us right now and tell us a little bit. Aaron, how are you? Good morning. Hey, how's it going? All right, man. How are you? Good. Good. Good to see you. Welcome. Uh Aaron is with the Snohomish County Public Utilities District. They are doing an event today uh, that I would suggest if you have nothing to do, or even if you have something to do today, do it later, and come up to this, um, the Snohomish County PUD headquarters, which is on uh, California Street in downtown Everett, 2320. You'll probably see a whole bunch of electric cars parked out there, including uh, the one I'm bringing up. And uh, you can... Talk to actual people instead of the media critics, instead of the crazy people who uh, can't believe that electric cars are going to last more than a week. Uh, you can talk to people who actually own electric cars and drive electric cars about electric cars. 
Aaron is uh, the man in charge of things up there today. And Aaron, uh, first of all, thank you to uh, Snowco PUD for putting this um, putting this uh, extravaganza on. And yeah. uh, tell me if, if, if somebody takes the time to go up there today, what are they going to see? Yeah, it really is a chance for them to see all about EVs, right, and learn from the people who drive them. Um, so we'll have people out there that, have all kinds of cars from like the new Rivian, the F-150 Lightning, to some of the older cars like Leafs and, and Volts and things like that, more the kind of uh, uh, cost-conscious kind of vehicles, right, that people can more afford maybe. Um, and you can just learn from them, right? What, is it, what does it mean to be able to charge? What, what's range anxiety like? All these type of things that people hear about but maybe don't know about. So uh, we just wanted to put on an event and, and partner with Snohomish County Electric Vehicle Association uh, to just make it so that it's available for people to come, stop by, check it out, and and talk about it. You know, see the, the questions they have, they can find out straight from the owners and and learn straight from them, and then talk to us from PD and and learn about the future of EVs in Snohomish County. Well, I, you know, it's interesting. I'm in the middle of a what I call an EV immersion. I'm driving now my um, third EV in a row. I'm in the uh, Genesis GV60 which you'll see today is a fantastic car. It's got a little orb in the middle you can touch, and it makes you feel good. I mean, it's, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> but it's, uh, <clears throat> and the one thing I find as I talk to people is, is that, that if it's a peer-to-peer -peer talk, if it's a peer-to-peer -peer sale, uh, if it's a peer-to-peer, -peer, uh, uh, somebody talking to them about the vehicle, there's less, uh, there's more trust and less anxiety about purchasing the car. Yep. It's almost like uh, you, you know, if you want to buy, you're thinking about an electric car, don't go looking at, at all the magazines. Talk to some, find somebody that owns one and yep. talk to them and find out what the, uh, what, you know, what the, the pros and the cons because there are different electric cars that are going to fit different lifestyles, different ways that you, yeah. you know, it's not right now, it's not for everybody. It will be in many years. But, uh, and one of the big things about that is putting a charger in your home, which is going to take that, that a piece of having to go to and find a charger in many ways out of at least your initial drive. Um, you, you guys are at the forefront of, putting charges in people's homes, aren't you? We are. Yeah, for sure. And we have incentives for folks. You know, we have a $500 incentive. So if you want to put a charger in your home, uh, we have all, we have them on our PUD marketplace. So if you're interested in, in a charger, you can go right to PUD, um, uh, our website, look at chargers, check them out, and then you get $500 off right there. So yeah, we're definitely incentivizing folks to get chargers, helping them out. We have folks that uh, you can call and find out information about some of the ins and outs on you know, how you get those hooked up in your house, kind of what kind of a, an outlet you need, because you do, you definitely need usually a 240 amp outlet to hook these up to. They, it, it, that's Same as like your dryer, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's a big draw. So uh, it's just a lot of that kind of uh, making sure people know when they're getting into this, because like you said, it's a big change. It's a huge change going from electric to gas. And, you know, when we talk to them, um, they're, they're talking to a, a, an entity, right? That's a, that's a utility and it, maybe there's a little bit of, like you said, like not as much trust there. So that's why an event like today is perfect. They can talk to people, they can talk to EV owners and get that information straight from them. What, um, what, one of the things that I encounter from people that I talk to about EVs uh, is, you know, that, well, you know, the, if everybody plugs in their EV at the same time, uh, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna blow out the system. Nobody will have refrigeration lights. Uh, we'll be in the dark, yada yada. Uh, talk to us a little bit about how uh, Snohomish County and other electric uh, companies are are preparing for this. What I think is going to be an explosion yeah. of new electric vehicles out on the roads. Yeah, it it really is, and it really is important for us to be planning for this. You know, I mean, we are. For all intents and purposes, the gas station of the future, right? I mean, we are going to have to provide the juice for all these vehicles. And when we go from, say, 10,000 EVs in our county now to 100,000, 200,000, and it starts to ramp up really quickly, like you said, 
that explosion comes, how are we going to be serving those those customers and making sure that they can charge when they want to? So we've got groups at, at the PUD working on that right now. Well, some of that might be added infrastructure like transformers, substations, things like that. Uh, some of it might also be uh, charging off peak. Uh, you get a better rate, say, if you charge overnight, you might get a better rate to kind of push some of that um, energy to, to, to times when it's maybe we have more energy than, than we need, right? So there's all these planning. We actually just uh, created a position that's basically an EV planner. Her whole job is to plan and to better understand where EVs are in the county, how we're going to serve them, and, and make sure that our customers have the power when they need it. Well, I think it's, you know, again, this is new technology, and it's going to take people time to adapt to it, take people time to get the information. And these days, you know, it's tougher to put information out there because everybody looks at social media, everybody looks at all of the different, uh, you know, people that think they, you know, we got 9 million scientists now, uh, you know, on Facebook. And people look at that kind of stuff, and they see something that somebody posts, and uh, they're turned off by it. So this event today, uh, and again, it starts at uh, noon up at the headquarters of the PUD at the 2320 California Street in downtown Everett, um, where you'll be able to look at a variety of electric vehicles and talk to EV owners or people that drive them, like myself, and be able to get um, to get a better idea, a truthful idea of exactly if an EV is for you and as i say it's not for everybody yeah. you know there's some people that you know it's just not going to work for them but if we can get the majority of people that it's good for off of gasoline off of fossil fuels and into electricity electricity excuse me yep. uh we'll have something we'll start to reduce the carbon footprint yeah. in this world and maybe leave our kids uh uh, you know, a better place to live. Uh, and that's the ultimate uh, idea with these, right? It, it is. And there's a lot of uh, misnomers out there about um, EVs, right? So a lot of people think that uh, when they charge on the PUD's grid, they're charging with fossil fuels. That's incorrect. Our grid is almost 100% clean and most of it comes from hydropower. So when you charge in Sonoma County, you're charging with some of the cleanest power in the nation. And so that's really our job is to tell folks, look, when you're when you're taking your your internal combustion engine vehicle putting that off to the wayside and you're getting that ev you're getting you're charging that thing with clean energy you know and there's also uh you know charging people get concerned about charging how am i going to charge if i'm on a road trip or if i'm driving around town you know we just installed two fast chargers right near our headquarters folks can see them today when they come to the event you can plug in and charge at those and you'll be charged up in 30 45 minutes and so that really really surprises people that they're able to charge that quickly because a lot of people think that it takes eight ten hours to charge a car and of course if you're doing it on a level two or a trickle charger it does but they don't even know about these fast chargers that they're really a game changer for, for electric vehicles yeah they just installed one near my house uh i think it's charge point that installed one over at uh, the nissan dealer that's the nissan volkswagen campbell uh, over by my house yeah. And that thing is dynamite, man. You plug into that thing, you sit there, you get out your phone, you do a little bit of, of work or something, 30 minutes, not even. Uh, you know, I'm thinking open up like a fruit stand next to it or something. So people... <laughs> well, yeah, we've got the two. We've got the and two I think that's going to be the right? Yeah, and when I come into work now, a lot of times there's people right there charging. They're on their phone. They're in their car. They're just waiting. Of course, it's it's a longer wait than a gas station, but you know what? These people are really happy it's there and, and they're glad that there's something in downtown Everett um, that they can they can hit right up. They can get on Highway 2 or they can get on I-5. It's right there at that nexus and it's perfect for them. Yeah, it's really an exciting time. We're living, as I've said to many people on this show for, uh, I mean, we've been doing this show, this particular show, three years, but I've been doing this for um, 30 years it uh we're in the middle of the same kind of revolution that we saw that i didn't see it but that happened when guys like henry ford and william durant and uh carl daimler and all of those people were inventing cars and coming up with ways to i mean people forget i don't forget they weren't there for it that when you would pull up to a gasoline station in the early well first of all there were no gasoline stations you went to a hardware store and you bought 
a couple of gallons of gasoline and you had to go out to the car, you had to put it in the car, you had to put some kind of additive in, and if that didn't take you 30 minutes, I don't know what the heck in the world, you must have been Superman. So, the idea that, you know, that this is, well, I got to spend 30 minutes, it's uh, it's really, uh, you know, sometimes it's okay to slow down a little bit. You know, it's okay to, like, take a minute. And, and believe you me, some smart entrepreneur, I'm sure Howard Schultz is probably thinking about how many charges can I put in each one of my Starbucks, because that means you're going to pull in and and, uh, and buy a cup of coffee while you're waiting for... I'm just waiting for that. Yeah, I totally think that would be a great business model, right? You got a captured audience for at least maybe half an hour, 45 minutes, maybe shopping centers, places like that. You're going to run an errand or something like that. You might as well just charge your car and do it all at the same time. So, yeah, it'll be exciting to see. I think we got this thing knocked up, Aaron. I think think you and I ought to go partners and let's go. (laughs) Hey, listen, thank you so much for coming on. Once again, uh, tell people where the event is and everything, please. Yeah, the, yeah the, the event will be at our headquarters at 2320 California Street in Everett. Uh, come on by. It'll be in our north parking lot. So we'll have probably about 20, 20 plus uh, electric vehicles there. We'll have representatives from the PUD. So if you have questions about our incentives, about your questions like Vinny had about how are we going to serve all these vehicles, we've got people there going to chat about it. Um, and so uh, it should be a fun event. I'm excited about it. Awesome. I'm excited about it, too. I'll see you up there uh, this afternoon. Uh, thank you so much, Ed, for coming yeah. on. I appreciate Thanks, it. All right. Appreciate All right. it. See you. Take care of yourself. All right. That's uh, Aaron Sweeney, and he is from the Somers County PUD. Uh, they are putting on this event today. If you got a few minutes, you're not doing anything, uh, take a ride up in your gasoline car and see what uh, what these cars, these electric cars, can do. It's it's phenomenal it's amazing i'm so as i said i'm in the middle of this three-week ev immersion um and i just uh i i I fall more in love with them every day the only like i and i've said this and i'm very honest with people that the infrastructure is still not where it needs to be um as far as long distance travel things like that they still there's still a lot of work to be done but the money is there uh the grants from the government are there the companies are organizing and in a few years it's going to be out there nobody's telling you to go out and buy an ev tomorrow and get rid of your gasoline car and do it but it's 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 planting the seed it's when you go out you buy your teenage daughter her first car and you want to buy her a new car. And instead of buying her a, a, a gas, a lean engine car, which you probably won't be able to buy too much longer in this state, you, uh, you buy her an electric car. You buy her something that because, she, what is she going? She's cruising around town. She's going here. She's going this, she's doing this, she's going to school. You plug that thing in, and boom. And some of these... <laughs> Some of these electric cars, you can even take your smartphone. <laughs> I think it's Chevy and Ford, if I'm not mistaken. You can take your smartphone and you program the car in. And you can say speed limit, 70 miles an hour. Two, and, it will go, and the car won't go faster than 70. So you can virtually assure yourself that she's not going to be out on Highway 99 here and ever drag racing with the thing. Although the power of them is like unbelievable. So, something to think about. All right. Um, boy, the time is flying this morning, isn't it? Whoopee, too. All right. Let's, uh, uh, Aaron, uh, Aaron, listen to me. Nathan, do you have a question to ask me? Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Oh, Nathan, I thought you'd never ask, man. I thought you'd never ask. I am driving, as I said, I'm in the middle of this uh, three-week EV immersion that I am doing. And this week, I am driving the Genesis GV60, which is, um, you know, it's listed as a compact SUV. 
But I don't know if I actually buy into that. It is a compact car. It is um, a very uniquely done car. It is uh, electric, but it's it's so futuristic. It's so cool. Um, let me give you let me give you the, the quick rundown. Uh, the shape of the car is beautiful. It's different than everything. It's built on the platform of the wildly successful EV6 uh, and from Kia and the Ionic 5 from Hyundai. Underneath, it's the same car, but this one is just that, is just luxurious. You walk up to the side of the car, and when you get in the car, before you get in the car, it unlocks it by looking at your eye. And it knows it's you. It has eye recognition. Car opens up. You sit down in the car. You put your your finger on the center console. And the fingerprint allows you to start the car. And then there's uh, the interior is so well appointed. I don't know if my pictures got to uh, got to um, Nathan, but if they did, I'm going to try to share at least one of the one of the pictures of the car here. Uh, it's um, I just think it's one of those one of those cars that you look at and you go, wow. You just go, wow. And uh, so let's see if I can. Uh, I, I don't know if you're seeing that or not seeing that. But I'm just going to. There you go. I think you're seeing that now. Uh, the, uh, the, the Genesis, and this is, uh, I, I'm taking this from CNET, which is a great place to go. Uh, if you are looking at uh, cars to get uh, straight-up honest opinions. Brian Cooley from CNET is on with us uh, a bunch of times, has been on with us a bunch of times. But the shape of the car, the look of the car is phenomenal. You're inside, the interior is roomy, it's well-planned out. You know, these cars have flat floors for the most part. So you get a ton of extra legroom in them. I mean, it's really amazing how good uh, these cars are as far as room. Now, the Genesis, uh, you lose a little bit in the back for headroom, and that's where Nathan seems to have a little bit of a, a, a probably an issue with this because at 6'5", uh, six, Nathan, 6'7"? Six, 6'6". Six, um, six. Six, six. Well, I was, right, I was right around it, literally. You, uh, you know, it could be a little tough in the back seat, but that's okay. The front seat provides um, a lot of head space. There's a panoramic sunroof that, that goes back. I mean, the car is just gorgeous. Uh, you've got a strange little butt there that, uh, and once inside, you know, you, uh, you wind up being in this luxurious place that uh, just really kind of blows you away. There's uh, green piping on the seats, comfortable seats. Uh, You put your uh, fingerprint on, it starts the vehicle. It's every electric gadget in the world. It's kind of quirky. You know, it's almost like it's not really, it's, I don't know, I don't want to say spaceship instead of car, but it has so many cool things that by the time you trade this car in or you buy it, you get it, and you do what you're going to do with it, <laughs> you'll, um, you'll more than likely still haven't learned everything that's on it. Here's just a quick uh, shot of the uh, interior. Uh, I think you can see that or... Uh, I think you will in a second. I'm, I'm just learning how to do this, so bear with me. But I think you can see that now. And, um, you know, it, it, as you take a look at it, this is your gear shift in the middle. 
You see a dial to control things on the dashboard, the long screen uh, that are in uh, most of these uh, EVs. The incredible thing about this car is how quick it goes. I mean, it is, uh, this particular model is the, uh, uh, the souped-up model, the competition, uh, the performance variant of the car. And there's a little, that little yellow button there. This is what I like. It's got about 500-plus horsepower. But you hit that little boost button on, uh, on that yellow button that's on the steering wheel, and it adds like an extra 20 horsepower, like you need it. But it adds it. And it's really, I mean, it's, it's, it's just a, a quirky, fun, well-designed car. A lot of little touches in it that are, uh, you know, that are beautiful. And uh, I, I'm just, uh, I'm, I, I, I love the car. I really liked all of the uh, EVs that I've driven over the past, uh, you know, three weeks. As a matter of fact, is, uh, with the exception of the Mazda, they've all been really uh, uh, incredible. And the only thing that was wrong with the Mazda it's for some reason they put a hundred miles range in it. Uh, if you can explain that to me, please let me know. Please write to us at uh, drivetimeradio.com. Uh, so anyway, that is uh, that's our Yo Vinny. What are you driving this week? And that's what I'm I'm driving and moving around with. And uh, it's an enjoyable ride. I can't wait to uh, describe it to you in, in further and better detail, more technically, on the Drive Time Radio Road test uh that uh, that delves deeper into uh, the vehicle and again uh price on this thing i think is 77,000 you can buy a base model for about 58 but if you want all the performance stuff and uh, the orb which is the thing in the middle that flips around i don't know if i if, if i could show you that that would be real quickly I want to see if I can get you the get you the orb because the orb is is a little uh, a little strange I think. Oh, okay, here I got the I got the orb. I gotta I, I know I'm taking a little more time than I should here, but I uh, I absolutely want to show you the orb. Okay, so that gear lever that I showed you in the middle when you turn the car off. It turns into this orb um, of smooth, I guess it's plastic of some kind. I don't think it's glass. And I got to tell you that it <laughs> it reminds me, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Sleeper. It's a Woody Allen movie, so some people probably don't want to watch it. But there was this movie Sleeper back in uh, the 70s. Uh, Woody Allen, Diane Keaton, a host of people. And it was uh, Woody Allen was thrust into the future. And one of the uh, one of the things that happened in the future is people didn't have sex anymore. They uh, uh, pleasured themselves uh, by rubbing their hands on an orb. And the minute I got into the car and I looked at this, I said, man... Uh, sleeper is here. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, I don't think you play, you know, I don't, I don't think it has any kind of, uh, of, uh, qualities like that, but it certainly brought to mind, uh, the orb that Diane Keaton was rubbing and, and Woody Allen was rubbing in the movie Sleeper. So, uh, if you want to, if you're not all bent out of shape about Woody Allen and uh, his idiot uh, type of things that he's doing. Uh, you can certainly uh, go take a look at that. All right, um, I want uh, you know I want to get this in because uh, I, now, now Nathan, I haven't communicated with you. Have you? Did you find the uh, song? Yes, sir. All right. So nobody can mention the Mariners. I don't care how old you are, how young you are. Nobody can mention the Mariners without Dave Niehaus. Uh, without remembering that name, uh, uh, the longtime original announcer for the Mariners who passed away uh, 
several years ago. Uh, I think if there's any kind of justice in the world, uh, his beautiful widow, uh, Marilyn, will throw out the first ball at the first home playoff game. I think that that would be only right uh, for that to happen. Uh, Dave had more to do with keeping people interested in this franchise when Richie Zisk was on it, uh, you know, than, than anybody in town and was a key factor and was just a good friend of mine uh, and a mentor and somebody that I miss uh, immensely. And so I thought I would, uh, it's not a car song, but it pays tribute to Dave Niehaus and Rick Riz and and the Mariners. Listen to this. Here we go. McLemore and Brian Lewis, my oh my. As usual, Nathan saves the day with Ryan Mac uh, with uh, McLemore and Ryan Lewis. And actually, Nathan, if you listen to the words, it is the car song. Oh, really? Yeah, because he talks about brake pads and his love of cars in that last verse. <laughs> How about that? So you, you scored the big Kahuna today, Pally. I hope that um, you know. I hope Dave's watching from heaven. And what I really hope is, is I, I, over the years I've talked to so many people who in 1995 and 2000, 2001 were 13 years old and they were affected by the Mariners run in baseball and everything just like I was when I was 13 years old and the Mets won the, the World Series in 1969. This is to all the 13-year-olds out there and 14-year-olds who are going to see this and fall in love with baseball. It's a great thing. Enjoy it. Love it. See it with your parents. It brings you together. It'll last you. The memories of what's going to happen here in the next few weeks should last you a lifetime. That's it for Drive Time today. I'm New York Vinny. That's Nathan, uh, our producer, back there. We will see you next week if the Lord's willing and the creek don't rise. Have a good one.